Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So most weeks usually on a Tuesday Tuesday or Wednesday, I try to write sort of a little introduction for the week in the church newsletter emails. It's supposed to be sort of a teaser for Sunday, sort of pique your interest, look at where we're going on Sunday morning, along with some announcements and things going on in the week. And I don't know if any of you actually read those emails. I hope some of you do. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. If you don't get them, let me know and we'll get you on the list. Both churches have them. But this week in particular, I had a really hard time coming up with an introduction for this reading. And part of it is that I wasn't working most of the week. I took time off to be with family. But when I did sit down to write something, I realized just how jarring this week is, this week's readings. Because here we are in the Christmas season. I imagine most of you celebrated Christmas last week. We've just had the wonderful joy of Christmas Eve worship, last time we were in this space, singing Silent Night by Candlelight, hearing this amazing story of Jesus' birth, and this week is still Christmas, even if you've already taken down your tree and put away your decorations, the season of Christmas is 12 days, there's a song about it. Here in worship, we're still singing Christmas carols, the tree is still up, somewhere, the tree is still up, and today we get the unpleasant part of the Christmas story. And so I ended up writing in the email this week that we move from the joy of celebrating Jesus' birth to looking at the world's reaction. And I think that's putting it mildly. Today's section from Matthew 2 is known as the Massacre of the Innocents, or the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And this is a horrible story. Sunday school children's Christmas programs never include this part. By the way, I talked on Christmas Eve about the challenge of picking Christmas carols for worship. Almost no one writes Christmas carols about this section. We have one that I found. It's a brand new one, a brand new hymnal. We're going to try it after the sermon as the hymn of the day. I hope you like it. It is the only option I could find that had anything to do that acknowledged this story. Some of you also heard me talk about my two favorite questions for reading Scripture. First, What does the story tell us about God? And second, what does the story tell us about us, about humanity? And you can use that framework with just about any Bible story, but I think it's particularly helpful for this story. And so first, what does this this story tell us about God? What does it say about God? Well, This is part of the Christmas story. We're taking just a few verses, but this is written to be part of the larger Christmas story. And the Christmas story is all about God's love for us, right? All of this is happening because God enters the world. God chooses to be born as a human, chooses to come live among us to experience what we experience. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The point is that God loves us enough to come in the person of Jesus Christ, to step out of heaven and to be born into the muck of our lives. Jesus loves us so much, he is willing to lay down his life for our sake. 
That is who God is. That is the message of the Christmas story. Today's section of the story, I think, says more about us, more about the realities of our world. And so what does this story say about us? It shows how far we as humans are willing to go to hold on to power, to hold on to what we have. That's what Herod's reaction in the story is all about, right? It's about power. We're actually reading this story out of order. And so next week, we'll hear the first part, the first 12 verses of Matthew 2, where these magi, these astrologers, the three kings, whatever they were, these magi see this new star in the sky, and they know this new star heralds the birth of a newborn king. And so they travel from their faraway land, wherever it is, somewhere in the east, and they're following the star. They're bringing gifts for the newborn king. We'll talk about that next week. And the star leads them to Israel, where they get to Israel and they head for the palace because these are wise men. You're looking for a king who's born. Where do you go? You go to a palace. And so they tell King Herod about their quest. And King Herod has no idea what they're talking about. He has not had a new child. His advisors know about the prophecies that say the Messiah, God's king, will be born in Bethlehem. And so he sends the Magi off to Bethlehem, and he asks them to come back by way of the palace on their way home to let him know where this child is so that he too may go and worship the child. And so they find Jesus, they give their gifts, and God warns them in a dream not to return to Herod. They go home by a different route. And when Herod realizes that the Magi are not coming back, he does not react well. Matthew says he was infuriated. Herod seems to be the kind of person who values power above everything else. That is the most important thing to him, power, maintaining the control he has, maintaining his grip on the kingdom. And historically, he himself is Jewish, part of God's chosen people. He's an Israelite, but his father had good relations with the Roman Emperor Julius Caesar. And so by collaborating with the Romans, Herod has been able to gather power in Israel. And he's known as this brutal, tyrannical ruler. By, but like everybody who rules by force, he's constantly on the lookout for threats to his power. And his hold on power is precarious, right? He's got the Roman Empire on the one hand. If he doesn't do the right things to please them, he's out of a job possibly out of his life. But he's also ruling over people who don't like the Roman Empire, who see him as a traitor. He's in a tough spot. And he rules through fear, clinging to his authority no matter what the cost. And so, when he learns of a potential threat, a child born in Bethlehem, Herod takes action. And he doesn't worry about justice or guilt or collateral damage or anything like that because he doesn't see the children or the people of Bethlehem as humans. He doesn't see them as beloved children made in God's image. No, he sees them as obstacles to his power, potential threats, obstacles, speed bumps on the way. And so what does this story tell us about people? Well, it's not a great picture of humanity. 
And yet, there is a lot of truth in this story. It matches with how rulers behave when they're threatened. Look at our world today, and we can see evidence of this. Look at the suffering caused right now in Ukraine by a tyrannical ruler afraid of losing his power, afraid of backing down. Perhaps we ourselves have had moments of seeking power as well, maybe even running over people a little bit, not on that same scale, but running over some people, seeking power at the expense of others. And this story is interesting. We don't have any historical evidence that this particular event that Matthew tells us about happened, but it's entirely plausible, right? And we wouldn't actually expect to have archaeological evidence because Herod's death squads coming to Bethlehem probably found only maybe up to 20 kids under age two. Tragic, but really the tiniest historical footnote, which I think is even more tragic. But that's the way that our world works. And maybe that's part of the point. Thomas Williamson, a pastor, writes, Amid the joy of the Christmas season, these words from Matthew's gospel are a jarring reminder that violence and tyranny are enduring companions in this world. Still today, we see the bloody and vicious actions of despots in Ukraine, Syria, Uganda, the lost boys of Sudan. Violence is as ubiquitous as the air we breathe. In our country, we don't have to look any further than the deaths of beautiful children in school shootings. Jesus' entry into the dark world of tyrant kings gives us a choice. We can trust in the armed brutality of violent power, or we can trust in the naked vulnerability of love. Followers of Jesus speak justice, live justice, and are aligned with the heart of God. We carry the world in our hearts, and our faith tells us the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Violence does not have to win the day. As broken as this world is, as broken as we humans prove ourselves to be, this is the world God chooses to be born into. God comes to us as we are, choosing, John says, to love the world. Take heart when you see the injustice in this world, the powerful treating the weak as obstacles to their quest for power. Don't despair, don't give up, because God comes into the messiness, into the muck and the violence and the sadness, and calls us to join in making it better, in building God's kingdom. The Christmas story tells us God is present. God is walking alongside people fleeing violence. God understands what it's like to be a refugee. In our world today, there are some 27 million refugees, 53 million internally displaced people, 4.6 million asylum seekers. This story gives an all-too-accurate reflection of the world you and I live in. There are people right now who are fleeing from oppressive governments, 
from wars, from famine, from gang violence, from climate change, from rockets hitting their apartment buildings. And God is present with them. Jesus knows what it is to be a refugee, and not just a refugee, but in every broken situation, in broken relationships, in grief, loss, bullying, and bankruptcies, and chronic illnesses. This is the world God has chosen to enter and redeem. In all those times the poet spoke about in the first reading from Ecclesiastes, in the times of planting and harvesting, throwing away and gathering, in the situations of war and peace, in the times of weeping and laughing, God is there. God is present. In whatever this new year brings, God will be with us. This is where we place our hope. Christmas promises that into the shadows of this world, God's light is breaking, God's light is dawning, bringing the peace that this world cannot give, offering a hope that cannot be overcome. The worst that this world's powers can do cannot hinder God's purposes from being accomplished, cannot stop God's promises from being fulfilled. Thanks be to God, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.